Good morning. Welcome to each and every one of you gathered here in the Calvary family today, as well as to our online family. Thank you for taking the time to join us in worship today. God is working through this church. Our Lord is alive and well. He's alive and well in those who claim his name, who truly follow him by faith. He's alive and well in this church, and he's alive and well doing something great in the midst of a world that seems to be falling apart. When you tune into what God has for you, you can plug in by faith to what he's doing. Let me, let me read you a note. During this last season of life, someone uh, sent me a note, and I think this is powerful to express how important it is to be a part of a living, vibrant, healthy church that is moving forward by faith, regardless of what's happening in our world or what's happening personally or what you may be battling through. When you move forward by faith, there's life, there's hope, there's goodness. And I was given this note. I visited your church today. This is during this season of life that has been so challenging for each and every one of us, I know. I visited your church today. Thank you. I want you to know that I heard angels singing in the back of your sanctuary this morning. God bless you. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That's a very short, simple note. But words of hope, words of faith, words of encouragement that acknowledge the vibrancy of the power of faith in your life, they will move you forward. They will not hold you back. They will not keep you in bondage to your past. They will give you hope to move forward to what is next in your life. And let me tell you something. We have all been through an incredibly challenging season of life. During the last year of life, there have been pandemics. There have been personal challenges. There have been things that go beyond even the things that have made the news. But I'm going to tell you something. God does not want any of that to hold you back from what he has for you as a child of God, redeemed and saved by Jesus through faith. And today, we're going to talk about next. What is next? I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Chronicles. We're going to spend the next season of life in the book of 2 Chronicles. Last week, I gave you the foundation of next. What does it mean to move forward by faith? Because God wants us to move forward by faith, not being in bondage or bound or stuck in the past, but moving forward by faith to his best. And he wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for us. And therefore we have no choice, but to move forward by faith. Regardless of what you have faced this last year, what you are facing currently. God has the best for you and you embrace it and you move forward to what is next when you grab hold by faith. In 2 Chronicles chapter 2 is where we will begin today as we talk specifically this morning about what is next for you, the people, for us, the people here at Calvary. And I want to speak to you this morning, not only those of you in the room, but our online family. And I want to encourage you to pay close attention. Because for each of us to move forward to what is next, there are some things that have to happen for us to embrace by faith what is next and therefore to move forward to it. There are some things 
that have to happen. This morning, I'm going to go back to the beginning of 2 Chronicles, chapter 2. Now, chapter 1 is the chapter where God tells Solomon, Solomon, you can ask me for anything. Now, if you had the privilege to ask God for anything, what would you ask him for? I mean, I can think of a lot of things that I would ask him for, but I probably, if I'm honest, would not have asked him for what Solomon asked him for. Solomon asked him for wisdom. But I know that myself, my flesh, perhaps you, um, we would have asked him for something else. You know, what is the desire of your heart that reigns supreme in who you are? You probably would have asked God to bring that to fruition in your life. But Solomon asked God for wisdom, and not just wisdom. He said, God, I want you to give me a specific kind of wisdom. The kind of wisdom to lead your people forward. And God said, because that's what you have, that's what you're asking for, I'm going to give you that, the kind of wisdom that moves people forward. But because you asked for that, I'm going to give you all the rest of it too. <laughs> what a great opportunity for us to understand that we all have to ask God for his wisdom to have the kind of faith to move forward. And then in chapter 2, you and I will get to read this morning why he needed the wisdom. What was next for the people of God. You see, Solomon was following on the heels of the greatest king there ever was in Israel. His father, David. And as he was following in line behind King David, who had basically expanded the people of God, the nation of Israel, to its largest point ever... Solomon had inherited that, but there was one piece that was left incomplete. And he knew he needed the wisdom to finish that. So we're going to read about it in chapter 2, verse 1. Now Solomon decided to build a house for the name of the Lord. Solomon decided to build a house for the name of the Lord. This is what we would know as the temple, the place where God's people would come and serve and come and worship. And he decided to build a royal palace for himself. So Solomon assigned 70,000 men to carry loads, 80,000 men to quarry the stone in the mountains, and 3,600 to supervise them. Then Solomon sent word to Huram, the king of Tyre, and said, As you dealt with my father David and sent him cedars to build him a house to live in, do it for me. Behold, I am about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, dedicating it to him to burn fragrant incense before him, to set out the showbread continually, to offer burnt offerings morning and evening on Sabbaths, on new moons, and on the appointed feast of the Lord our God. This is to be done forever in Israel. The house which I am about to build will be great. Here's why. For our God is greater than all the gods. Can you say that this morning? Solomon said, this is why I am going to move forward to what is next. Our God is greater than all the gods. Our God is greater than all the systems. Our God is greater than all the people. Our God is that great and he deserves this. But who is able to build a house for him? Since the heavens and the highest heavens cannot contain him. And who am I that I should build a house for him except to burn incense before him? Now send me a skilled man 
to work in gold, silver, brass, iron, and in purple, crimson, and violet fabrics. One who knows how to make engravings and to work with the skilled workers whom I have in Judah and Jerusalem, whom my father David provided. Send me also cedar, juniper, and algum timber from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut timber of Lebanon. And indeed, my servants will work with your servants to prepare timber in abundance for me. For the house which I am about to build will be great and wonderful. Now behold, I will give your servants, the woodsmen who cut the timber, 20,000 cores of crushed wheat, 20,000 cores of barley, 20,000 baths of wine, and 20,000 baths of oil. Then Huram, the king of Tyre, answered in a letter sent to Solomon, because the Lord loves his people. Because the Lord loves his people. He has made you king over them. This is one of Solomon's beginning moments of faith. One of his finer moments, if you will, because he begins to work with the people of God and the people around him to build a house for the name of the Lord. Because he knew that his God was greater than all the other gods. This morning, I want to revisit the life lesson from last week because as we think about our next steps, moving forward by faith, both personally and then specifically as a church, let me remind you of how to do so. If, if we, if I, if you, if we act in faith toward God, then we can see him respond in faithfulness to us. Last week we talked about that. There is this if-then relationship with faith. And if I act in faith toward God, then I can see him respond in faithfulness toward me. If in my life, if in your life, if in our lives as children of God called by his name, Christians, followers of Jesus, redeemed and forgiven, moving forward by faith, if we trust him, and we respond to him in faith, then we see him respond to us in faithfulness. This passage this morning helps outline what is before us in one of the pieces that is next. And last week I laid out a three-tiered vision for us as the children of God here at Calvary to move forward by faith. Let me look at this passage with you to begin with this morning because I think this passage echoes what's before us. The first thing that stands out as a part of responding to God, as a part of the if in our lives, acting in faith toward him, that is a reflection first and foremost of our witness, of our witness. You see, in our lives, when we respond in faith toward God, that is a statement of our witness. It's a statement of whether or not we truly trust in the one that we claim has saved us, that we claim has redeemed us, that we claim has given us a future of hope. We claim his name and to respond in faith to him is an expression. It is an outward expression. It's your witness. This building that Solomon talks about, why did he build it? It's very clear. It was written very clearly in scripture. I will do this because 
It's our witness to the world of what? Our God is greater than any other God. The God who saved us, the God who's rescued us, the God who is encouraging us, the God who is moving us forward from our past to our future, the God who has something next that is better for us than where we were, that God, he is greater than all the other gods. And I am going to build a house for him because his name is that important. He is that good. It was a witness. And our witness is very important not only in sharing, which so many times we think about how we live or what we say, but our witness is also our house. And Solomon says, I'm going to build a house for the name of the Lord. I'm going to build a house because it's a part of my expression of faith. It wasn't only the witness of the people of God. This was their work. And not only do we move forward in our faith when we have a witness to the world around us, it's a reflection of our work. Think about your work for just a moment. Your work is something that is important to you. You work because you need to provide. You need to be able to try your best to provide for perhaps the children in your life. Maybe the other people in your life or maybe for the things that you desire and that you're working for and they mean something to you. Everyone has something that they are working at. Even you students, you work at school because you want a better future. You want something out there and so you have a dream and you begin to pursue it. Our work is more than just our work though. For me, for you, for all of us, the jobs that we have been given are for a purpose. And to be very clear, the opportunities that we have been given, make no mistake about it, they have been given by God. The God who gives is the same God who can take away in an instant. The last year of life has shown us that. We really, as human beings, do not have control over what is given. But when by faith we are working on our witness, when by faith we are moving forward in life, when by faith we are responding toward God, we can see him take our work and apply to it a deeper meaning than just earning a living or getting the things that we like. No, this passage shows that our work for the people was to build a place dedicated to the service of God. Now, as a child of God, both in this room and in our online family, you have received the blessing of God. Yes, his forgiveness. Yes, his mercy. Yes, his grace. And yes, a future that is good. But there is a passage that I think <clears throat> is appropriate because King David even said, and he didn't have the opportunity to build the house, but he was the forerunner of it. He even said, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. I will not receive from God all of the good things that God has for me without giving him something back. Our work together is to be a part of a place dedicated to his service. Solomon was not only building the house of God as a place to acknowledge the great name of God, he was building it as a place of service for the people of God. Did you notice what he said? This place will be used for Sabbaths, and festivals, and moments of celebration, new moons, and opportunities, Passovers. All of these moments were moments where the people of God could gather together to worship his great name and to serve him. 
One of the things that I love about this church, in this city, in this season of life, is that it is full of people who have been blessed by God in spite of everything that the world may say. And they are moving forward by faith in their service to God. I see that every single week. When many churches during this season of life have closed, you haven't. You've remained faithful. You've moved forward. Why? Because there's something deeper about serving the Lord and staying committed to the Lord in spite of everything else going on. Solomon knew that the witness of God's people was the house. The work of God's people was a place dedicated to his name and his service. And that was a part of the third piece of them moving forward by faith, their walk. And did you notice in the passage how Solomon described the people? It's fascinating because this is you. He described people who were skilled. He said, look, we're going to move forward by faith. Therefore, I need some people who are skilled. I need someone who's skilled to work in this way, in that way, in this way, in that way. And by the way, that includes all the people of Israel and Judah, which would be the nation of God, the children of God in that season of life. All of them skilled, gifted in some capacity. And therefore, it required an effort from each one of them using their gifts to make the mission happen. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 2, and this is the beginning of the building of the temple of God with God's people. Now this morning, I want to talk to you specifically about that, what, what that means for you and I. This morning, I want to talk to you specifically about what this means for you and I. What is next for us at Calvary? To begin with, I want to say thank you to a tremendous number of people, both in the room and those of you who sense have moved to different places because of seasons of life that have transitioned you. You all are a part, and there are a specific group of people that have worked feverishly and diligently behind the scenes for the last several years. And just prior to the pandemic, there was a group of people, some of you in this room, you were a part of that, working together to put together a plan to fix this house to proclaim our witness here in New Orleans, to be a part of our work and reflect our walk here in New Orleans. And I want to say thank you to every one of you who were a part of that, both in this room and online. And I want to say thank you to everyone who is connected in some capacity to the Calvary family here in New Orleans. You have done something significant. And now is a moment where I recognize there is no pandemic, there is no fear. There is no time to flinch. There is only the opportunity to seize by faith what God has for each and every one of us that is next in our lives. The work that many of you have done behind the scenes over this last season of life, it seemed like, well, that just got parked. Or maybe it died like a lot of other dreams in the last year. But I very simply, through the Moments of deep prayer, of deep struggle, of deep working through all that God has, not only in my life, but in my life for you as your pastor and in your lives as the people of God here at Calvary. I just worked through some things with the Lord and the Lord very clearly said, 
Do not let those dreams die, nor the work of those people go away. Let's do it. And so we together are going to move forward by faith. Last week I gave you the three-tiered vision, so I want to refresh that for you this morning. And then I want to focus specifically on the third part of that. But to begin with, how do you and I move forward by faith? It always, always, always begins with a spiritual revival of our souls. Every great work of God in someone's life or in the life of the people of God, the church, it always begins with a revival of the soul. And so I'm looking at a moment where a pandemic has passed where we have been through storms like Zeta, where we have faced different challenges as a community. And quite frankly, I'm done with those, aren't you? I'm ready to move forward by faith, aren't you? And so as we overcome and we move forward together, it begins with a revival of soul. So I have written for you and I will reveal to you momentarily how you can access this. But for the next 21 days of your life, the next 21 days, we are going to take a spiritual journey together. 21 days of very deliberate, intentional scriptural reading and prayer. 21 days to be able to work personally and yet also corporately in reviving our souls so that we can move forward by faith. It always begins with a spiritual work. For God to do something great, it's always about faith. It's never about flesh, ever. It's always about trusting him and following his ways. And when God's people do that, you're going to see through your reading and your prayer life in the next 21 days, when God's people do that, he unveils and releases miracles in their life because they respond to him in faith. And when they respond in faith, he is faithful and he does great things on their behalf. 21 days of prayer, in reading, and there is a challenge that I give to you this morning. And in a moment, I'm going to show you how to receive that because it's something that's been designed and worked through behind the scenes for years and then for the last year prepared for you during the next 21 days. So, in the next 21 days, I'm going to encourage you beginning tomorrow to begin to take a journey through scripture and prayer that will revive your soul. That's step number one of the three-tiered vision. Step number two is a renewing of our mission. At Calvary, we are a family of faith on mission with Jesus to change our world. Now, our world may seem small, or for some of you, it may seem a little larger, but it doesn't matter. By faith, as a skilled person, gifted by God, blessed by God, God has given you a moment to have influence, a place to have impact. And it all occurs when our souls are revived and when we renew our mission to the work of God. Here's what's happened in the last year of life for many people. Imagine this, a world where your children, for the most part, have missed out on not only church, but having the life-giving teachings of Jesus planted within their soul for the last year. Can you imagine a world where there is a year of life where children do not hear about the love of God? What about a year of life where adults, grown-ups, are held out of church? 
Oh, and by the way, because we are people, develop new patterns, new opportunities where church and faith and the things of God become secondary because we've created a new way of living. Can you imagine a world like that? Well, we're living it. But the way that God's people overcome that is a renewal of the mission and a commitment to reconnecting into what God has. Let me give you an example of a renewal and a recommitment. A year ago, we were speaking and talking and working through a camera exclusively. And today, here you are. A year ago, every ministry outlet was canceled and shut down. But yesterday, our church had one of the largest youth groups gathered together in this city to participate in Disciple Now yesterday over at our local seminary. This church. And this church was able to do that because of the staff team and the families and the parents and the people that are gathered in the name of God here at Calvary. That in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of great personal challenge, they would not be defeated. They would not succumb to the works of the devil. They committed by faith to move forward. And yesterday was an expression of that as we continue to move forward investing in the next generation. In a couple of weeks... There is a soft launch of some of our continued missions and ministry efforts to help those in our own city. And yes, moving forward, as we open continually more and more opportunities by faith, as we continue to work harder by faith to reconnect preschoolers, children, students, and yes, you as adults into deep fellowship Commitment, discipleship, and relationship, that is a part of renewing a commitment to the mission of God that he's given to us. I'm grateful for that. That is the second part. And yes, let me be honest. Do we know what the world is going to say? Do we know what's going to happen in the world? No. But I know who's in charge. And I can tell you this. It's not a human being. It's not someone that you either love or despise. The one in charge is God. He is not like us. He does not change his mind. He does not play favorites. He is a God who is merciful and gracious and who gives his best in response to those who are willing to trust him. He will be faithful to those who will be willing to trust him by faith. And therefore, we are ready to renew our commitment to our mission. But today, specifically, I want to talk to you about what it means to take the third part of our challenge to move forward by faith into what is next for us here at Calvary. And just as in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, Solomon had a challenge before the people, so too we have a challenge before us. And it is time for us to refresh our house. There is a reality that the note expressed something powerful about what happens on the inside of this place. For years, this church has been known to be a place of life, a place of mercy, a place of hope, a place of grace, and a place to help people move forward into God's best for years. And that has been what has been known about what's on the inside. 
And that note reflects that someone can walk into this place and say, I felt the presence of God. I heard angels singing, thank you. But what's on the inside has to show on the outside. And what's a reality for this church and has been for a long time is that you can ask some people, hey, you know, do you know where we are? And they will say, don't know. And well, we're right at the foot of General de Gaulle. Well, never seen it. And you know, what's on the inside, it's time for that to be expressed on the outside. So renewing our house requires that by faith, we begin to have a transformation of this house. It's time for us to transform our house. And so there are a couple of phases that have been worked on and that I bring to you today for you to begin to pray with me about as we go through a 21-day preparation of our souls. Phase one in transforming our house. It is a complete restoration of the exterior of our facilities and an initial investment into the improvements of our family ministry areas. And working together over years, accumulating costs and accumulating the opportunity to say this is what it's going to take. That is an initial investment on our parts as a church of $500,000. Now to me, that's a lot of money. When I look at that, I go, wow, that's a lot. But to God, that's a drop in the bucket. But the only way you meet that goal is when every person is committed to do their part to help accomplish it. And by the way, every great work of God requires God's people to step up by faith and do it always. Restoring the exterior of our facilities. Well, the first part of that is that we need a new face on General de Gaulle. We need the opportunity for this church, which is a light in the city, to be lit up so that people will know, yes, that part of their witness is right there and it's good. By the way, during the last season of life, the pandemic and Hurricane Zeta, they only exposed more of some of the areas that we need to improve and transform. And so as we look at that, repairing our exterior, transforming our exterior, restoring our exterior is a part of that. One of the concepts that you will see is that as people go by on our church, they need to recognize we're here. So we need some new presence, some new signage, some new um, opportunities to light up and reveal who we are. They need to know that Calvary Baptist Church is a church centered on Christ, that we are present, that we are alive on the inside, and we care about our witness on the outside. It's a part of our work, and it's a part of our walk. And so with that, that is a part of phase one, restoring the exterior of that. Not only new and updated and refreshed campus signage, but also caring about what happens each and every week. Have you ever come to this church on a day where it's doing one of our typical New Orleans rainy days? Yes, it may only last for 10 minutes and they say wait for 10 minutes in New Orleans and the weather will change. That's wonderful, except when it's that 10 minutes that you're running late for church and you're trying to get into this facility. You will get soaked. We need to fix that. 
We need to remedy that for all of our families who have children, as well as our senior adults who need help entering this facility. And so we are going to, as a part of our family ministry improvements, expand the walkway that many of us use from the parking lot in the rear. We're going to expand that and create an environment where people can enter, families can enter, you can enter into this campus and into our family ministry areas, our children's check-in area, and also into our worship center in a way that is enhanced, that is covered, that is lighted, and that is fresh, and it allows us to continue to move forward taking care of the house that God has given us. Let's be clear, and some of you will remember this, there are generations that went before us that sacrificed to give us what we know today. Now it's our turn to be faithful to their legacy and their witness to carry our load and do our part right now. To have received from the Lord but to not be committed to helping the work of the Lord move forward would be selfish. And I know a lot of selfish people. But I don't want to be one of those and I don't want you to be one of those. I want us to be the kind of people that are committed by faith to move forward to what he has next. And to do so is a part of restoring the exterior and transforming the exterior of our house and making improvements to our family ministry areas. Likewise, with the community that we're involved in, we are grateful for and we continue to reach out to them and minister to them. But yes, we need to add some security improvements to our place some access improvements to our place, like the front of our worship center and some of the other areas. So we're committed to doing that for the families because we care about the children, the students, and about you. And that is a part of our family ministry experience. Phase one of refreshing our house, but that's only phase one. Phase two is a part of preparing for our future. Phase two in preparing for our future also is another and an additional $250,000 commitment. Now, let me be very clear. I know how it is. You cannot move to B until you have accomplished A. It just doesn't work that way. So we begin with phase one. But if you want to know what's ahead, there is a second phase. And phase two is to prepare for our future. And that is a renovation and an expansion of our interior spaces, expanded restroom capacity, upgraded and modern within our cafe area where you actually can access from the inside into a modern multi-faceted restroom, which many of you have said, amen, and I will pay for that right now. Yes. We have to accomplish phase one before we can move to phase two, but I want you to know it's there. And based on our faithfulness and our commitment, we will get there if we tackle this together. Phase two also involves a updated and refreshed corridor area between the kitchen and our children's facility. So all of this cleaned up and refreshed. The entire facility, by, way, by the way, painted, refreshed, revibrant, created in a way that is brand new for us to reflect our witness to the Lord. And then our full family ministry upgrades, total upgrade to our children's ministry area, our preschool area, and our student ministry area. All of this is a part of our phase two commitment to moving our families and our future forward. There were generations behind us that did that because they believed in this church. And then they hand us the baton and we hold the baton. And we have a moment where we say, by faith, we will move forward 
into what God has next. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes generations give and sacrifice for things that they may not see, and yet they know God is behind it, and therefore they are faithful to it, and they involve themselves in it very directly, and they commit strongly. I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to begin to make that type of commitment and to be able to do that because this is our witness. This is our work, and this is our walk of faith that is given to us right now, today. It requires everyone doing something special, just as in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, everyone, and as you will begin to read, you will see everyone had to make an act of faith toward God before he would respond in faithfulness to them. So I leave you with this, how can you get involved? Ask yourself the question, how can I get involved in what is next at Calvary? How can I get involved in what God has for me, for you, for us here at Calvary? How can I get involved in what is next? Number one, I want to encourage you, this has been created for you, to go online to Calvary New Orleans slash next. There has been a resource created for you to explain everything that you have heard today. Simply use your phone, your tablet, your computer, and I want you to be able to go online. Some of you are doing that right now. Some of you online, I understand. Online, go to Calvary New Orleans slash next. And that is going to reveal to you all of the details of the three-tiered vision that we have moving forward. First, as you do that, under the Revive Our Souls portion of what is next, there you can download the 21-day reading and prayer plan designed just for you. And the 21-day reading and prayer plan takes the book of Second Chronicles, of which I will be teaching in conjunction with through the rest of this month and the month ahead. It takes the book of Second Chronicles and it highlights for you moments of faith where God's people chose him. And it also reveals what happens to God's people when they choose not to trust him. It's going to be a fascinating spiritual journey to revive your soul. And you can access that reading plan at Calvary next. So you'll download that. Then, over the next 21 days, that's going to initiate within your life not only a spiritual revival, but a renewal of your commitment to the mission here at Calvary and the ministry. So as you have an opportunity to be trained, to serve, to reconnect, you're going to want, because of what's happening in your heart, to make sure you take the opportunities to do that. And then ultimately that leads to our commitment as a people to that third part of our vision of moving forward by what's next. And that is the requirement that each and every one of us make a commitment to the work here. And that's the third part. Not only will you go online and you download that spiritual component, I want to ask you to begin to pray. What will God speak to your heart and to my heart about what we will give to his work? And there are two opportunities that we need to give. Number one, we are going to pull the trigger on these renovations beginning immediately in June. We're not waiting. We're going to do it now. But in order for us to do it now, and this is a step of faith, it requires that we make an initial investment as a church. And to do so, May 16th has been designated at the completion of our 21-day journey 
of walking with the Lord. May 16th is our first day of giving. So I want you to begin to pray. To ask God through this spiritual journey. God, what's my first point of commitment? I am going to make a one-time sacrificial gift to the work of God here at Calvary. That's the first part of your commitment. But likewise, on May the 16th, not only will we give a one-time sacrificial commitment, we will also make a three-year commitment so that we can knock this out, so that we can be done with it, and so that we can move forward by faith. And so I want you also to begin to pray. How will I give a one-time significant sacrificial gift on May the 16th, and then on May the 16th, what will a three-year commitment of giving look like? And I'm going to ask you to separate those. Separate the difference from the gift on the 16th and what you have in your heart that God will speak to you about what to give for three years. For example, I'm going to give a significant amount on May the 16th, but that's to God to get the work going. And then the amount that I am going to give over the next three years, that's a separate amount. I'm not including the two into one lump sum. I'm saying, God, what do you want me to give here? And God, what do you want me to give over the next three years? I'm excited to see by faith what we can accomplish. But here's the other thing. I know that many of you, you go through moments and you go, well, I'm not sure how much I have. I'm not sure how much God will provide. I understand that. That's why it's an act of faith. And by my act of faith, I'm going to give to the work of God through my tithes and my offerings. That will not change. My tithe is my tithe. The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and test me in this, says the Lord. And watch and see if I will not open up the gates of heaven and pour out on you a blessing that you cannot even receive. That's the first act of faith. That's the standard here. I'm going to give that. I'm going to give my one-time gift on the 16th. And I'm going to give my three-year commitment. All of those as a part of trusting God for what is next here at Calvary. All a part of being faithful to a generation behind us, what God has given us right here, and for what he has for us next. Now I realize that for each of you, now begins the time where you have to seek the Lord yourself and begin to pray. So you have the steps. We've provided for you a guide to begin to walk through what's most important. Because I want to be very clear. If you can't give from a faithful heart, a joyful heart, then you can't give. If you can't give from a place where God has spoken by faith, then you cannot expect to see him respond in faithfulness. But every time I have believed him by faith and given and trusted him by faith, every time he's moved my life forward and he's moved this church forward and he will do that for you. So I want us to pray. I want us right now to humble our hearts and begin the process of asking God to help us as a church. Those of you connected to us even online as a church. God, I want you to speak to me beginning today over the next 21 days about my part Calvary forward by faith. Will you pray with me? God, in this moment, it is your work. You have given us a witness. You have called us to your work and our walk is before you and by faith, 
we trust you. We thank you for the blessings that you have brought through forgiveness, mercy, grace, and a future. But we also thank you for the living blessings where when we trust you with what we have, you multiply your name through us to the world. Your name is greater than all other names. You are a God greater than all other gods. And we want that to be true in our individual lives as well as in our church life. And so God, we humble our hearts. We ask you for your forgiveness. We seek your face so that you will hear from heaven. You will cleanse us and forgive us of our sins. You will heal and restore and transform our land, our lives, and our house. This moment we give to you and we commit our hearts to listening and hearing you in the name of our Savior who has rescued us and who is greater than all. The name of Jesus we pray. Amen.